Hello, and welcome to the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I'm one of the leading experts in online mediation. I have personally been mediating online for over five years now, and I have my own fully online family law mediation and coaching practice. Two years ago, after so many of my colleagues reached out wanting to know how I was doing it, I created the Learn to Mediate Online training program. And to date, I have personally trained thousands of mediators in how to successfully conduct their mediations through an online platform. As a leading figure in the online mediation movement, I am privileged to be on the cutting edge of developments and advances in online practice. And this podcast has been created to share that information with you. So tune in each week to get the inside story on how to mediate online. I invite you to now listen to today's podcast. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I want to talk to you about the equipment that you're going to need in order to conduct your mediations online, as well as how you should set it up. Because I have to tell you, this is one of the things that I see many of my colleagues making a mistake or mistakes here and there. Um, and honestly, there's there are important reasons why your setup is important, not just pure vanity so that you look good on video conferencing. Although, if you're going to stare at yourself for several hours and have other people stare at you, I guess we might want to look good. Um, but there's actually a very important reason why we want to be sure that people see us well and that we can see our participants well. So as with everything that I talk about, um, especially about preparation, what I'm going to talk about today is important for both the mediator but it's also important for the participants in the mediation. Um, so let's start off with the most obvious piece of equipment. I think that everybody uh, will immediately recognize that they're going to need uh, to conduct a mediation online. And that would be the hardware, the, the computer, the laptop. Now, I say it that way on purpose, computer or laptop, because I do strongly recommend that if you, especially if you are the mediator, that you conduct your mediations, use video conferencing platforms through on a computer. Um, in fact, if you're using Zoom, as many of you know, and you need to use breakout rooms, those are not accessible on the iOS platform. So your... Um, you know, iPad Pro, I'm holding one up for those who are watching the video, but uh, that is not a useful uh, tool to conduct your mediations on if you don't have breakout rooms accessible. Now, I, I do always have my iPad with me when I do my mediations, and we'll talk about why, um, but it's not to conduct the mediations. You do want to conduct your mediations on a computer. Um, most of the platforms work best on a computer. Um, they're easier to navigate on a computer. And frankly, screen size is important. Um, you have to keep in mind that you are going to be... Um, 
you know, sharing your screen at times or your participants will be. And so the video thumbnails will get increasingly smaller as you have more participants or as you are sharing the screen. And because so much of our communication is visual in our facial expressions, um, so much of what we say comes through uh, with a smile, a frown, um, or, you know, a quivering lip that it's really important that you be able to see clearly each participant's face and that they be able to see yours. So you do need to operate on a large enough screen that even as you're sharing your screen or you have more participants, those thumbnails don't get so small that it makes it hard to see. So right off the bat, you know, you are limited even with an iPad Pro to a smaller screen size. Now, when it comes to screen size, people are very individual in what they like. I happen to work off a 17-inch laptop. Um, I think that works great for me, and I have not had a mediation that has gone down to a size, you know, where I've had so many participants that everyone's gotten so minuscule I can't see them. But again, I'm a family mediator. So usually I only have three people, maybe five, six, uh, would be a lot in one of my mediations. Now, I know a lot of you who are doing more complex uh, mediations or matters, you might have considerably more people than that, and you may want a bigger screen, um, and you may want your participants to have a bigger screen. In fact, I have many practitioners who buy large screen TVs and actually cast um, onto the mounted on the wall um, television screen or monitor. It's really individual taste and choice, but also very practical. Um, so again, I always work off of my 17-inch laptop. Another note with that, if you are the mediator, I find equipment-wise it's a good idea to have a secondary laptop available. Um, I have and always have two laptops um, with me so that if something happens you know, tech-wise or to the computer that I'm working on, I can switch over to the ready-to-go next one. So I always make sure it's, you know, um, the battery is charged and it's updated and I've checked it recently. Um, nothing worse than flipping open a computer only to find that it hasn't updated in a while and it needs to do that for the next 20 minutes while your participants are waiting for you to get back online. So very first thing, you know, that I think that every practitioner needs to consider is a a good laptop um, or a computer. You're also going to want one with sufficient um, speed, um, power to operate video conferencing. Um, and just understand that a video conferencing platform is actually streaming live video. So that takes a great deal of bandwidth um, and the just the processing, the CPUs, um, are also at a high level. So I actually purchased um, my most recent computer. It's a gaming computer um, as a recommendation uh, uh, for video conferencing and for processing. Um, so something else to consider. Now, the next, I would say probably most important um, element, and many of you are going to have this already um, available on your computer, would be the camera. Um, I just talked about 
the fact that it's very important that you be able to see the um, the face and and the facial expressions of all of your participants in, and you as well. Well, very important, right? That you have a good camera. So many computers have a camera embedded in them, integrated into them. Um, if you have a newer laptop or computer, it's usually sufficient. Just flip it on and check it and make sure that it is of sufficient quality. I did a mediation just the other day. One of the attorneys logged on from what must have been an ancient computer and he was really blurry um, and there was nothing. It wasn't that it was out of focus because, uh, you know, he needed to do something to the camera. It was just, it was a really old laptop and he, it was very hard to see his face. Um, it's the first time I've run into that. We talked about it and he didn't have an alternative available. So unfortunately, he was not very visible. And it I will tell you, it, it impacts the just the feel of the mediation process. Um, so check your camera to see how clear you are. If your computer camera is not as good as you would like it to be. You can purchase a USB plug-in that's just a little tiny camera that can sit on the back side of your computer or they can be freestanding. Um, I have one I'm filming, for those of you watching this on the YouTube channel, I'm filming on it right now because it has much higher quality and better coloring. When I use the camera that's on my uh, laptop, um, even though it's a pretty good computer, I'm very orange looking and it's a little distracting. Um, so just to take that out of the mix, I use this little, um, it's a Logitech HD uh, 1080p uh, little, it's about, oh, I'd say three inches by one inch. It's quite small sits on the backside of the computer, and it just plugs in by USB. Um, and those are great because, again, they can be freestanding, so I can put that on a little shelf or um, move it around with, or put it in a stable place while I move my computer around. So I actually do like working off of that. The other um, very important component in video conferencing that you may or may not have in as a part of your computer is a microphone. Uh, so it's very important uh, beyond, you know, our facial expressions, I think are about 55% of our communication. And the next 30 some odd percent is in the inflections in our voice, not in what we actually say. So that means that the audio is truly one of the most important factors because to hear inflection, it has to be more than just um, standard audio. So you wanna make sure that you also have a good uh, microphone. Now, many computers have a decent microphone embedded in them, but keep in mind, if you're pushing your computer away from you or you are sitting remote from the computer because you wanna have a desktop in front of you as you're conducting your mediations, just remember the further the microphone is from you, the more degraded your audio will be. 
So what you can do, just much like as you can do with the camera, is you can purchase a USB plug-in microphone as well. And so again, for those of you watching it on YouTube, this is one of those episodes that might be very helpful to see, um, not only listen to on the podcast, but watch on the YouTube channel. Um, I'm showing the microphone I'm using right now, which is um, on a little stand. It's on a little tripod stand. I'll take it off right now, and you can see that it, it holds separately. This is my travel microphone, because I am traveling at the moment. Um, not anywhere exciting or against COVID, so don't worry. Um, uh, but I am... Um, using a this USB microphone so you can hear the audio quality both on the YouTube as well as um, the the podcast uh, that it was about seventy dollars I ordered it on amazon.com a long time about two years ago um, so this is by a company called audio Technica t-e-c-h N-I-C-A. It's an ATR um, microphone. So that one, certainly I, any of the equipment I mention in this episode, please know I'm just telling you what I use. Uh, I am not saying that that is what you need to use, but I just want to give you an idea um, about that. But the microphone is really important. And again, not just for you, but for the participants. And, and think about this, because I know many of you are concerned that as you're doing your mediations, you're going to lose something in the body language of your participants, right? You're not going to see the drumming fingers or the tapping foot um, or, you know, or some of the body language that you might have seen. And so the inflection in tone actually becomes even more important because you have less clues. Um, so you want to make sure not only that you have good audio, but that your participants do. So you need to educate them on the need for a good microphone ahead of time. Now, here's a little tip. If their audio is not good on their computer, consider having them um, mute the computer on Zoom and call in on their cell phone. Um, Zoom, especially if you're using Zoom, but most of the... Um, platforms do have a, a phone dial-in audio as well, you can have them come in through the video on their computer, but come in through the audio on their phone. It means they show up in the meeting twice, but the audio is usually much better through a decent cell phone. Um, so if they are having bad audio, that is something to consider. Now, another important um, aspect or a piece of equipment that I do suggest having, I use them in every mediation that I do, um, and it goes to, again, the inflection in tone and how important audio is, is I always have headphones. I'm not wearing them right now because I'm, I'm recording um, a video, and since I'm not an audio, and since I'm not doing it with another participant, I don't need the headphones, um, you know, to be blocking out. Uh, another person's audio. But in a mediation, when you, it's really important to be able to hear very clearly what people are saying as well as that inflection in tone, micro, or, uh, headphones are your best friend. They are going to make it so much easier to hear 
individually what everyone is saying and all those nuances in their voices. Um, so I not only recommend, again, that I have them and you have them as the mediators, but that your participants have them. I personally like the over-the-ear ones. Um, I know it makes us all look like Princess Leia with the buns on the side of the head, but they're noise-canceling. They just tend to have better um, ability to block out any extraneous noise in the background. And let me just say, whether there's noise in your background or noise in participants' background, it will affect your audio. So the headphones, even if you're in a very quiet place, the headphones are going to help you hear what the individual participants are saying um, and, and vice versa for them as well. And it's not just important that they hear the nuances in your voice. They will want to hear the nuance and the tone in other people's voices as well. So headphones, very important. I personally, again, like those over the ears, not the earbuds. I just find those honestly uncomfortable for a long period of time. Um, I also usually will use plug-ins, the ones that plug in into a jack on my computer um, rather than wireless only because the wireless ones uh, will die for me. It seems like it always happens when um, when I'm in the middle of a longer mediation. So I just use the over-the-ear ones. I'm not getting up and walking around a lot, so it's not an issue. Uh, use what you're comfortable with, but I would say it's a key element. Uh, the next thing, and now we're, you know, we're still talking about appearance, but this is, again, it goes to how important it is to see everybody's face. And this is a mistake that is made quite often, um, and that is lighting. Um, most people do not put much thought into the lighting setup around their computer or, or in their, you know, workstation where they're going to be video conferencing. And because being able to see everyone's expression is so important. Again, it's very important that you have good lighting. Good lighting means light, enough light on your face that people can see it clearly. Um, so it's not just a matter of having a good camera. You can have the best camera in the world, but if you are sitting in shadow or in the darkness, nobody's going to be able to see you anyway. So first key is do not be sitting in a room where the only light is coming from behind you um, or Honestly, straight overhead if you have only overhead lighting. Um, those, you know, behind you is the worst because if you don't have lighting in front of you, it's going to throw your entire face into shadow. Um, and if you've taken my training, you know I always say that makes you look like deep throat during the Watergate hearings. Not a very attractive look and, and certainly not very easy to see uh, someone's expression. But also when it's just overhead, you're, you're cast in shadow down your face and it can again be very difficult to see your eyes and um, get some of the facial expression. So by far the best placement for lighting is you want a light on either side of your computer screen that casts light towards your face. You do not have to have bright light shining on your face. It's not like television um, or, you know, you're on set with the, um, where, where they have all those bright lights or hot um, stage lights. But you do want to have uh, lights on each side that are at least casting enough light on your face that people can see it. And when you turn on your screen um, and your camera and are looking at yourself on, on the 
video, you're going to know whether your lighting is good. I actually recommend table lamps are great with shades because if you put one on either side, they're buffered light, but they usually will cast enough light on your face. Um, you can also buy photo video lights that are on stands, kind of like that microphone I was talking about, like tripod stands. Um, that's what I have in my usual studio. I bought those on Amazon as well. They are by a company called Newweer, N-E-W-E-E-R, um, and they're just photo video lights, LED lights. Uh, those are so bright, I can't shine those at me, so I have them facing out. But again, they just cast enough light. may take a moment you know, to, to fiddle around with it, but you want to make sure there's enough light on your face that, and your participants so that everyone can see each other's expressions. And then the last couple of items of what I find to be necessary equipment are my iPad and my iPhone. So it might be for you, your tablet and your, your cell phone. But I do, I mentioned it earlier, I do always have my iPad Pro with me when I am conducting mediations. I do not um, do the mediations on here but in Zoom, you can connect your iPad screen or your iPhone screen and use it to show things. So I use it as a whiteboard very often because, or a note taking that people can see because I can share it. It's also in many uh, instances an, an easier way for me to look up documents if I want to reference something rather than trying to look it up on my computer because my computer is being taken um, and being used for the mediation. So I like having, I use Dropbox to hold all the documents for my cases. And if I wanted to go look up something in reference, oh, what did it say in that contract? I can just look it up on the iPad. So for a myriad of reasons, I do always have my iPad there and find it to be a really useful tool. And then really important is to have your, your cell phone with you and to have the cell phone numbers of all of your participants. Um, I use my cell phone in two ways. One, I will text with participants where you find that some of the platforms are lacking in the ability to um, communicate, say, with people in breakout rooms as Zoom makes it difficult. You can't knock on the door to Zoom. I end up using texting so that text messaging so that I can get in touch with people. But also importantly, I make sure that everyone has my cell phone number and that I have every participant's cell phone number so that they can get in touch with me or I can get in touch with them if there is a tech failure or if something goes wrong. Um, it is the quickest, easiest way for people to maintain contact. Um, so your iPad, your iPhone, very important. One last um, note that I did not mention when it comes to the camera is camera placement. Um, and I do want to make sure that I don't miss this because this is another issue that I am seeing um, the mistake made quite often. So the placement of your camera is just as important as having a good camera. Um, and this is another reason why I find tablets to not be the best uh, item to, to do your mediations on because of their configuration. So you do not want to have the camera angle coming at you from below. 
because then you end up conducting your entire mediation with your participants looking up your nose. It is not an attractive angle for most people. I know this is not the... Um, the main point of being able to see people's faces, but it is not a flattering angle to be looking up people's noses. You don't want to be looking up your participants' noses. So you do not want the camera to be down below looking up at you. Tablets, when you set them up, that is their configuration, right? You put them on the desk, they're shorter, they're at an angle, and the camera will be down below. So you're going to end up broadcasting from the lower angle. The best placement of a camera is straight ahead so that it looks like as you're looking at the screen, it looks like you're looking at the camera um, or at the participants, and you usually want it a little bit above so that it's looking down at you. It's a, it's a better angle and it will show your features and just, show, you know, it, not because it looks better, but because it uh, gets a better picture for showing uh, the nuance of expression. So please do put some thought into where your camera is placed. I always say right about in the center of your computer screen so that you're looking at that all the time. It's how you can maintain what appears to be direct eye contact. For those of you who are looking at the video version of this, you can see I'm actually looking at my computer screen. My camera is up, um, up here, so up about three inches above my head, but because I'm looking straight at my screen, it looks like I'm looking at you, I hope. Um, so last little tip there. Um, so that's the equipment and how you need to set it up. The one last thing I would say, and many of you already know this, is another piece of equipment, I guess you might call it, is your Wi-Fi. Um, you need to have a strong and secure Wi-Fi connection. Uh, those of you who have taken the training know how excited I get about this particular topic. Um, it's of the utmost importance. In fact, I'm going to be doing another episode specifically on that one topic. It is the number one reason people have a poor experience online. So do make sure that you have a strong Wi-Fi connection, that all of your participants have a good Wi-Fi connection. And you know, for privacy and, and confidentiality's sake, you have to make sure that they are on secure Wi-Fi, not public Wi-Fi. So I hope that's helpful. And stay tuned for next week when we'll have another episode of the Learn to Mediate online podcast. If you have any questions um, or comments, please feel free to leave them in the questions or comments on the podcast or the YouTube or send them to me at susan at learntomediateonline.com. And be sure to go to learntomediateonline.com to check out all of my other trainings. I have the online mediation training, but I have a whole bunch more um, media, uh, different types of trainings to help you all out. I have um, social media marketing for professionals. I have build your own website um, so that you do it right and sell yourself the best possible way. I have Start Your Own Podcast. So for those of you who are listening to this and are interested in podcasting yourself, and for those of you who are family law professionals, um, I have two trainings. I have one training that is on optimizing your family law uh, and divorce mediation practice. It's going to help you um, integrate some technology, um, help you uh, set up processes and procedures to help you streamline your process and up your client satisfaction. 
I also go over things like fee structure, et cetera. And then I'm very excited to announce that I am um, hooking up with Woody Mostyn, and we are going to be presenting a unique opportunity to take a 40-hour family and divorce mediation training with the two of us. This is the only place that this will be available. Um, we are doing the first training in September of 2020, this coming year. We just uh, launched the registration page this past week. You can find it at themediationstation.com. That's themediationstation.com. Or again, reach out to me, Susan at Learn to Mediate Online. Um, I hope you're able to join us for some of those. I'm very excited to be um, working with Woody. For those of you who know him, he is truly one of our the luminaries in our field. Um, so this is a great honor for me to be able to train with him. Um, so thank you everyone and I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie. And if you liked this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell me what you did like in a review. Join me each Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. to hear another episode and be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss one. Send me your questions and comments at susan at learntomediateonline.com and you can find out more about my trainings and programs at learntomediateonline.com. I'll see you next week.